Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals. Greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter first, say peace to this house. If, if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in that house, eating and drinking whatever they provide for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you, cure the sick who are there and say, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into the streets and say, even the dust of the town that clings to your feet, we wipe it off and protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you on that day, it will be more tolerable for Sodom than for that town. This is the word of the Lord. And welcome to all of you. Before we get to Camp Gilgal, I need to tell you about this lady. She got one of those phone calls no parent wants to get. Daughter was sick. She left work in a hurry, rushed to the pharmacy, and in the process locked her keys in the car. Bad. She didn't know what to do. To the side, she saw a little rusty coat hanger on the ground, and she didn't know what to do, so she bowed her head and said, God, please help me. All of a sudden, the car pulls up beside hers, driven by this dirty, disheveled man. She explained her predicament, handed him the coat hanger, and in seconds, the door was open. And she said, I want to thank you so very much. You're such a nice man. And he said, I'm not a nice man. I just got out of prison for car theft. She bowed her head again and said, thank you, God, for sending me a professional. <laughs> in most cases, the people I know are not that gracious in a crisis. Take the Jews, for instance. Here they are on their own, free. What should have taken a couple of weeks is going to take 40 years. And the dream of a better life, it was intoxicating. They left Egypt in such a hurry, thrown out by Pharaoh who was sick and tired of plagues. What they had was hope. Evidently what they didn't have was a map. In fairness to them, however, no one asked them if they wanted to go. They didn't get a vote. God traveled with them, as you heard in that first hymn, in the form of a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. But what kind of guidance is that? A pillar of fire and clouds that's kind of vague. It's not the kind of guidance that would help us. A desperate man walked into a church to pray, took out a piece of paper, wrote down all of his concerns and promises he was going to make to God if he could get help, and then he signed it. Laid it on the altar, nothing happened. In walks the janitor of the church. Seeing the man, his situation, he said, you're going about this wrong. Tear that up. Take out a blank piece of paper, sign the bottom, and let God fill in the rest. That's faith. It's just not the kind of way we live. Let God take care of the details. It's easier said than done. For 40 years, they had roamed in the desert. 
griping and whining the whole way. One crisis after another, day in, day out, God provided manna and led them. And here they are near the outskirts of the promised land, Gilgal, and we get a change. How many in people, raise your hand if you like change. In their case, what they got was a change of diet. No more manna, unleavened cakes, grain, big deal, diet change. Change can be good, it can be bad, but one thing it always is, is confusing. It creates uncertainty, you have to make adjustments. My friends, when you're through changing, you're through. For better or for worse, life requires change of us. If we follow Jesus, you better be prepared for about anything. We must be open to change because it's one of the ways the Holy Spirit truly works in our lives. Serving Christ is a lifelong process, really, of changing. Striving to be more Christ-centered and less self-centered. Now, on paper, to us now, a diet change seems frivolous. Who cares? They go from this bland substance falling from the heavens to whatever they produce. But you see, this isn't really about food. God was showing them what true faith looks like. Unleavened bread didn't fall from the skies. It required their time, their attention and effort. There would be no more manna. Gilgal means, <laughs> appropriately, to roll away, where God rolled away their past shame and started over. This was time to start over. Manna had become a crutch. What is your crutch? We all have them. To what do you cling that really keeps you from following Christ more faithfully? And if God removed all your crutches, would your faith fail you? For the Hebrews, this was like the last straw. They couldn't take anymore. God was teaching them about faith. They didn't mean to insult God, but their lack of faith was the worst form of an insult. I saw a sign outside a church. The, China, the sign read, you can't live off of yesterday's manna. Many people try. Yesterday's faith, yesterday's inspiration, yesterday's growth. That's not the way life works. But many people try. Many, millions, I'd say, live off yesterday's manna. The sad result is they get stuck. Spiritually speaking, they get stuck. They stop growing. One medical professional said, and I don't know if this is totally accurate, but I can believe it, patients lose 50% of their body strength within the first 48 hours in the hospital. The same thing happens to faith when we get complacent. We literally get weak. So wherever you, are, you, wherever you are now and whatever lessons God has taught you, just know this, you're never going to reach your potential if you stop growing. You're going to be living off yesterday's manna. Father promised to take his son fishing and look at the weather. It rained again, hours. This young boy went, rocked around the house brooding you ever heard a young boy brood? I mean, this was ugly. Finally, the skies cleared. Father and son grabbed their fishing poles, raced to the lake, caught a whole string of fish, 
mother looking at her son that night before dinner asked him to say grace. He was very silent and he said, God, thank you for this food. And if I sounded grumpier earlier, it was because I couldn't see far enough ahead. And neither can we. You know, when life doesn't go our way, that's what happens. We develop tunnel vision. Our perspective narrows. We can't see new possibilities. Here they are griping about manna, which they hated in the first place because they had a diet change coming that would involve their efforts. Faith, true faith, my friends, is believing in advance what only makes sense in reverse. It is walking by insight, not by sight. We keep moving even when we don't know where we're going, when we don't have all the details. We put one foot in front of the other and we trust God. In fact, I would go so far as to say the more faith we have, the fewer assumptions we make about what is or is not possible in the world, in my life, in your marriage, in the church, anywhere. We never know where we're going, truly. We never know what the future holds. We don't even have to have faith in ourselves, which is sorely lacking in many. We just have to have faith in the one who loves us most and endures with us and refuses, us, refuses ever to leave us alone. And that brings me to Jesus. My, how he changed his disciples' lives, disrupted them. I mean, they had no idea what they were doing. They, they didn't join him because they understood who he was and what cost they would pay. They had no clue where they were going. Imagine their learning curve, the discoveries they made along the way. Imagine some of the discoveries that we need to make, like, I'm not Jesus. I am proud where he is humble. I am selfish where he is giving. Will I need to be broken in order to follow him? Yes, and so will you. But while the breaking can be painful, the pain is good. And while the journey is hard, it's a good journey following him the only path to spiritual growth my friends is through the cross the same path Jesus took the way of selfless service and sacrifice you first have to admit your need you have to be humble enough to ask God's help to recognition of how far short you've come I've come Jesus moved his disciples Slowly from one point to another, from where he found them to where he was moving them, where he wanted them to be. I asked a class, I can't remember what the topic was, I was losing them. They had that look like you have. <laughs> and finally I just put down my notes and I said, okay, just tell me what difference following Jesus has made in your life. And they all kind of just stared at me like you are. Finally, this one rugged man to the side. I mean, he hadn't been in church but two months in 20 years, recovering from everything. And finally, he said, I don't know how to answer that, preacher, but I'll tell you, Jesus is moving in my life for the first time in a long time. And I said, let's talk about that. And the class woke up. Maybe you will. Where did Jesus find you? Where has he led you? 
How much more will he have to move you? What changes does he still need to make in you and in me? Following Jesus is a lifelong journey. There are no spiritual shortcuts. You may not want to hear this, but you're not in control and neither am I. I hate to be the one to say it. We pretend to be in charge, but it's a fool's game. Somebody said many people miss their silver linings because they are expecting gold. I can't tell you how many silver linings you and I may have missed dwelling on what we should have received. Thank God we didn't get what we deserved. We wouldn't be sitting here. Being a Christian, my friends, involves growth and maturity. There's always room for improvement, always more knowledge to gain, and surely more people to love and more opportunities to take. Jesus didn't invite people to join him to make them comfortable, but to change their lives. And listen to his instructions. How would you like to be recruited and signed up for something being told this? Travel lightly, don't carry anything with you. Whatever house you enter, say peace to this house. They receive you, your peace will stay with them. If they don't, it'll return to you. Heal the sick. If a town welcomes you, stay there. If it doesn't, shake the dust off. You ready to sign up for that? Being a disciple, you see, isn't a sightseeing tour. It's a journey toward the cross. Somebody said, sometimes God nudges us. Me, he yanks. That would be true. Often I need yanking. You know, we, when we think of the changes we need to make, usually think of minor cosmetic changes. It's like rearranging the furniture in the house. That's not what God has in mind. God wants to improve us from the inside out. God loves to soften hard hearts, to reveal new possibilities, to reclaim the lost, even if one doesn't even believe he or she is lost. This successful businessman was in a hotel room one night and he hit bottom. Everything in his life he felt was falling apart. He felt totally overwhelmed, wallowing in self-pity. And then he did something he hadn't done in many years. He prayed. He said, God, I don't even know how to do this. But I need help. I am lost. And it was if, like a voice, he heard, it doesn't have to be this way. I don't know what you need to hear what you face but it doesn't have to be this way you can change you, you're going to hear it here first you can change it won't be easy and it may hurt and it'll take you your whole life but God isn't finished with you yet and me either let us pray Lord God, we do thank you for your word and all its many reminders. In Jesus' name, amen.